I, I want to just talk to you. I'm going to, JT, I'm going to kind of go a, a little bit different way from my notes. I want to read Colossians 2, 13 through 15. It says, In you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has resurrected together with him, having forgiven you all sins. Everybody with us on that? How many of you have been forgiven for all your sins? God did, I think we take it for granted that he doesn't forgive 80% of our sins and make us pay for the other 20. He took all sins. Amen. Now, he doesn't stop there. Verse 14, he blotted out the handwriting of the ordinances that was against us and contrary to us, and he took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Look at that scripture. He forgave all of our sins, and Paul says, no, he didn't just do that. I need you to understand tonight that every ordinance, which what does that mean? Every single thing the devil had against us, God doesn't just say, I forgive you. But when Jesus went to the cross, he said, I can't even find anything wrong. There's nothing that you've done. Your deeds just, you know, we tell people sometimes we forgive them, but we still remember Paul said, not only of all of our sins because of Jesus Christ being nailed to the cross, all of our sins, but not only that, but every record that the devil could throw at any of us. You ever been there? He comes at you and tries to remind you of your past. He tries to remind you of your shortcomings. He tries to remind you. Listen, all of that has been nailed to the cross on the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to read this in the Amplified. I want to do it one more. To me, when I read the Amplified, it was like my brain just went, this is awesome. Can you put it up in the Amplified? It says, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, what is that? Your worldliness and your manner of life. God made you alive together with Christ. Doesn't this just seem better? Having freely, I love that part, having freely forgiven us all our sins. Amen. Verse 14. Having canceled out the certificate of a debt consists of legal demands which were in force against us. What does that say? He that transgresses against the law must die. That's what was against us. Heaven could not be entered because we were imperfect. And he says, and you keep reading, he says, and this certificate he has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. Every single thing that's ever been done or we did do, Jesus Christ took it to the cross. And when they nailed Jesus to the cross, that is why, look at all the scriptures in the history, you can put that down, of, as Paul is writing epistles, he says, hey, to, I preach the cross. To those that aren't saved, that sounds foolish. But to us who are saved, we get that the cross is the power of God. It means that I cannot live this life. I've never been able to live this life. But Jesus, 2 Corinthians 5, he became sin who knew no sin, that we could be made the righteousness of God. I am right standing with God as if I've never sinned because Jesus Christ chose willingly the cross. We cannot, listen, this is America where we've become, every doctrine has come around but the cross. You can't live it. You can never live it. 
If you tried every way you could, I would ask anybody in here since you've been saved to tell the worst thing you've done since you've been saved. Nobody ever takes me up on that. And we so flippantly say, God, forgive me. Let me tell you something. There was a serious price paid that day. The wrath of God smote Jesus. Isaiah 53. God, why do you think Jesus said? Everybody, we skip over some of the things he said. He said, my God, my God. Now that's the only time I can find where he doesn't call him father. Why have you forsaken me? And everybody in here that's saved knows the answer. So that God could not forsake us. I, I laid in my bed at like 5 o'clock this morning. And I just thought about, man, Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. The cross. Nevertheless, I live. The only reason that we can die to sin, the only reason we can have freedom, you might think you just came to an altar and gave your heart to God. That is the beauty exchange. It's the beautiful a song wrote called The Beautiful Exchange. You, Jesus Christ took everything against you. Listen, let me tell you what else he does. The blood of Jesus is actively cleansing us as well. It is active. You know when you have those thoughts that nobody knows but they're not right? The blood of Jesus, because he went to the cross, has made us righteous and clean. Amen? I just want you tonight, I mean, I was so nervous about this service. I thought, man, the pressure is on. And I realized, this is a celebration service. If you couldn't preach this sermon, then you couldn't preach. Because this is the greatest sermon we have made the American gospel everything but the cross. Listen, you have to come to the cross. Jesus looked at him and said, you've got to take up your cross daily. It's awesome because now, even when God's been dealing with me about the cross, if I see something in my life that's not perfect, instead of me trying to fix it, now I say, Lord, you took that on the cross. I'm giving you that you, you died so that every sin, everything I would ever do, I trust in what you did on the cross. If you're not saved here tonight, Jesus Christ hung between heaven and earth on that cross because he didn't fit in any place and he was rejected. And they, I read about them spitting on him and they plucked his beard and they smote him. I read it sometimes and I wish I was there because I would have been like Peter. I would have whacked somebody's ear off with a sword but he would have told me the same thing he told Peter you're not of your mind's not right I want that cross you listen to me tonight when he went and took we quote it like it's so just work and it's so good by his stripes we are healed you got to think about that. He is the word. He knew the word. He laid his back open so that every time we go through pain or sickness, he loves us that much. He knew that every single stripe that he would endure would bring healing to his people and not just to his people, but his brothers and his sisters. There's whole, there's whole denominations that have thrown away healing. How do you separate healing? How do you say he doesn't heal? Those stripes, Peter in the New Testament said, by his stripes, you were healed. Not you are, you were. It's done. When he said it is finished, he willingly gave his back. 
I love reading the story. I challenge you, read the story this weekend, the whole crucifixion. You can't miss it. It's in every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's the center point of our lives. Caesar says, I mean, Pilate says, if you, if you would just talk to me, I would free you. You don't understand. I've got the power. Now, Jesus hadn't said a word to him. I love it. People tell me the Bible's not alive, and I'm like, man, what Bible are you reading? And Jesus just looks at him and is like, why do you think that you're in charge? Nothing has done happened to me but by the Father's will. One place he said, I can call 12 legions of angels, 144,000. So let's put that in real life perspective. In the Old Testament, in one night, 77,000 men died by one angel. You take 144,000 angels, it wouldn't take you but about 10 minutes to wipe out the population of the earth. And Jesus said, I didn't come here. This is not my kingdom to fight. Listen to me. I'm reading, I'm reading this scripture and it just jumps off the page. Not only does Jesus willingly take the cross, not only does he know that when they're driving the nails in his hands, that he knows that that is our sin, that we can be free now. Amen. Amen. I'm just like, so Jesus has been beaten for us. They mock him. And he's too weak to carry it. And if you read the story, it's the, to me, it is the most, God, everything God does is for a reason. And there's a guy by the name of Simon that they compelled to carry his cross. You say, well, that was just cool. That was an incident. No, 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 no. All of us are Simon. He has, listen to me. We have made this thing about witnessing to people. We have this little codes and I've, I've heard it. I read it till it makes me sick. Here's how you reach millennials. Here's how you reach this group of people. Here's how you get this people involved with Jesus. Listen to me, the cross. When you pick up that cross and say, Lord, I will carry it for you. And everywhere you go, you tell people, I don't care what your sin is. I don't care how deep it is. I don't care the level of the bondage it is. Jesus Christ and the cross is glorious. It's the power of God. It will not only touch you, it'll free you. And when it frees you, who the sun sets free is free indeed. It's not something you come to the altar and cry and then you go and live like the devil. It's something when you encounter that kind of love that gave everything for you, you can't help but tell. You can't help but carry the cross. Amen? He put that in that story to let us know we have a responsibility. And we've made it so hard, we give them the Roman roads and we're like, we quote all these scriptures. Give them the cross. Give them the cross. Just tell them, hey, there was a king who was man and who was God. And every heart that was ever made, they, the Bible says we were made by him. That's the same Colossians I'm reading. And for him. Don't you believe millennials' hearts are the same as every heart that's 110 years old. They were made by him and they were made for him. Amen. So this weekend is not only just a celebration, 
and we just honor God, but that's the problem. The cross is laying on the ground waiting on you to carry it to achieve the will of God. Amen. That's the part of the cross. That means sometimes when you want to go do your own thing, you don't because it's part of carrying the cross and living a witness. I talked to a friend of mine, Caleb Gordon, the other day about people lying on you in church and telling all kinds of things. Sometimes the cross is not to fire back. It's just to stand there. Sometimes the testimony is when they're just lying on you and you just, what do you do? Your flesh comes up, your pride. Well, what will people think? Who cares? Crucify that thing and let the love of God win people. It'll change. It's, I'm telling you, when you introduce the cross of Jesus Christ into the lives of people, they cannot resist the freedom. Listen, I'm telling you, if I did not believe that there was even a God and I was sitting here tonight, God has testified to us that he is real. I felt like the Lord while we were singing was letting me know I'm going to be in the midst of you. And you're, I was like, Lord, just let them see you. Let them see you. You know what else he says? He shows up to Dalton Thomas and he says, Hey, Thomas, here's, here's my hands. Hey, Thomas, here's my son. You believe now? He said, but blessed are those who believe and who have not seen. That is us. I believe in the cross. I don't believe it because I've read it. I believe it because I've experienced it. Amen. I I was telling somebody the other day, listen, if you want to be a light for Jesus, just testify. You don't have to know anything. Listen. That, that would be like saying that you have to be a master chef before you can enjoy good food. You don't have to have the theology all the way figured out to enjoy the benefits of God. Because let me tell you something else, just in case you think you got it all figured out. Give it five years of reading and studying, and you're going to realize how wrong you didn't even have it to begin with. Figure that part out. It happens. I listen to some of my old sermons and I think, why did they not throw me out the door, Lord? That wasn't even close to what you meant by that. Just share it. Say, I was in sin and everything I did. Listen, uh, Brother Russell has passed now, but he used to say this. The deeper someone gets into sin, the more they're actively searching for God. They know they need something and they know they've got a void and they're trying to get into it. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm a testimony. I went down to the altar that night in December as an alcoholic that was bound, that could not get free. And I haven't had, that was 1999. It's 2018 and I've never drank again. Not because I could free myself but because I embraced the cross that night. I knew Jesus Christ who could set me free. And once you taste the cross, why in the world? Peter, listen to me. This is the last thing. Are you okay with this? Am I taking too long? Jesus says what we just did. Guys, here's what we're going to do. You guys are going to eat some of my flesh. And you guys in the back row, you guys are going to drink my blood. I know me. 
me in that crowd hearing that, I'm out. <laughs> I'm like, that is not normal. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's kind of, you know, you know, and I would be that guy that just kind of mingled out of the crowd and just <laughs> get your purse, babe. <laughs> Saddle your camel, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> We're gone. Peter, who is so us in every way, right? Peter, Jesus turns and looks at them and was like, hey, they were all in it for the food. Go read it. They were following him around and making him a rock star because he was feeding them everywhere he went. So they, when the food ran out and the weirdness happened, listen, if you serve the Lord long enough, He's going to say some things to you and it's going to sound just like you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And you're going to be like, this is confusing. You know, I don't understand. But you can say what Peter did. If you've experienced the living presence of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, you'll say, Lord, there is nowhere to go. You have everything I've ever needed. The words of eternal life are in you. Even though I don't understand it, I'm going to walk this thing out. How cool was it when they gathered around that table and he broke the bread? They still didn't get it, by the way. If you read it, later when he was resurrected, it says the Lord opened up their eyes. They started clicking. Maybe you're here tonight and it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense to a lot of my friends in the world that we're here on a Friday night. They're, they think we're nuts. If they would have felt what we felt during worship. Amen. You know, there's a song that says, there's no place I would rather be. No place I'd rather be, but here in your love, here in your love. Don't forget this, it's not a weekend thing. Don't forget. I asked the Lord and I heard, I, I love sitting by my grandfather just to hear him pray. It's, it's a, you have to excuse me, but it, I quit praying and start listening. Cause, and he prayed, oh, God let me hear him. The Lord in worship just pressed on my heart, God, ask me to save a soul. And I said, Lord, I want somebody to get saved. And I heard him pray the exact same. I prayed it internally. He prayed it externally. And it just confirmed to me that the Holy Spirit is here tonight yes. to save somebody. Yes. Maybe you're thinking saved as in get saved. And maybe he's thinking saved as in you're about to go this way. And you're going to embrace the cross, not what you want, and go this way. That's a saving moment. You ever been there? I was going to marry this girl, but I killed my flesh. And thank God I went this way. That way. That's a saving thing. Amen. There's decisions that we're making tonight. He just wants to remind you, put it on the cross. And this is our last thing, and this is how this is going to work tonight. We're going to do this where everybody's going to get their red card in just a second. We've got a six-minute video we're going to show. We're going to get this red card, and we're going to think about a family member. We're going to think about maybe there's a sin in your life 
that you can't get free from. Listen to me. God has really been dealing with me lately about if I'm going to be who he's called me to be, I have to put what people think about me on the cross. He said, well, you're not. No, I talk to people all the time about Jesus. But it's that next level. It's when that guy's in the wheelchair and he says, go grab him and pray for him. And I'm like, I don't know about that one. But isn't it funny when you're in here and the anointing's here and we're preaching on the stripes of Jesus, how we're like, God can heal him. He wants that same power to go there with us. He wants to put, that's going to be my, one of mine tonight, is that every part of me that cares what anybody thinks is gone. Because I want to serve him. If he tells me in the middle of Walmart, I want you to go grab that bottle of oil, break it open, you'll pay for it later, dump it on this girl's head and lay hands on her, I want to do it. She'll think you're weird, not if God's in it. Amen. Amen. Some of us just need it to say, God, I can't even witness to my coworkers. And I know why most of us don't. Because your coworkers see you on your bad day. That's right. Thank you, Katie. One honest person. Yeah, they see you on that morning where you've been up all night and you come in and you're grappling about everything. And then the next day you're like, hey, let me tell you about Jesus who's awesome. <laughs> and the devil's like, how could you ever witness? No, listen. That in itself is the testimony of the cross. I'm trying to stay on this cross. <laughs> That's what you can tell them. I'm trying to take everything I am, and it's been stomped out. I love, I was in a Sunday school class, and I struggled with this so much about blowing it sometimes, and your friends seeing, and you're trying to witness to them. And Brother Hank said something I'll never forget. He said, I tell people all the time, don't try to be like me. Try to be like the one I'm being like. Amen. Be like him. Amen. Because you'll get all confused. So we're just going to take our needs. Listen, my, my, my first pastor, the one I got called to preach under, who is, his, he married my mom and dad. He's, he's, he's not even my pastor. He's like family. You know, when he sees me, he kisses me on the forehead just like he does. And they're best friends. He said he got hurt by a church one time. And listen, some people in this room tonight, you, you've somehow confused Church people with Jesus. Church people mess up. He's the shepherd to us because sometimes we just don't do the right thing. And he got hurt. And he went on to the next church and God was using them. And he went to a conference. And they did this tonight, what we're about to do. And he put the unforgiveness he had towards that church on the cross. And when they nailed it to the cross, he said, I could physically feel the freedom. I could feel the release. I could feel. Listen, one of the girls here whose sisters was about to start taking hormones to become a man. She had decided that she was a guy and she was going to live that way. And she was going to go through the surgery. She was going to go through it all. She nailed her sister on the cross. She called me that night and said, Hey, out of the blue, my sister just called me and said she's not going to take the hormones. And she's not going to go through it. And I was like, yes. 
that is, it's not a piece of paper. It's the same thing with the anointing oil. It's the same thing when we anoint handkerchiefs. Listen, it's just to remind us of the physical that there's something spiritual going on. We need that sometimes. It's for men. Most You think it's for you when somebody anoints you with oil. No, no, no. It's for the person anointing you with oil to remind you that without that anointing, it's just a bunch of laying hands and talking. Amen. So this tonight is just a piece of cardstock. It's red. And all we're going to do is they've got a, I've got music for them to play. I'm not going to play the video. I think I just feel like let's go into this. But I want you to just take a second. Think about God will put something on your heart. He might show you an attitude. He might show you a fault. He might show you something you need correction on. And what you're going to do tonight is acknowledge it was nailed to the cross. Can we read Colossians 2, 14 one last time? Just for me. He blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. Because do you realize that this right here says that if you hate your brother, you're a murderer? If you break one of the least of these, you're guilty of it all. When your pastor amens you, it's like, yeah. It's, it's love your enemies. That's insanity to the flesh. Love your enemy. Yeah, and he's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, everybody in the world, they love those who love them. What makes you special if you've got this cross power of Jesus Christ? Yeah, you have to love your enemies. Because the world knows how to love who can help them climb the corporate ladder. I don't know, if you encounter the cross, you can love your enemies. Because you realize all of that wrong feelings and wrong thinking has been nailed and wiped away. Amen. I hope tonight this makes sense. If you've ever had God show you something and you try to preach on it, like within a week, it never comes out right. This scripture right here is, I probably will read it 400 times in the next week. I can just cry every time I read it. He didn't just say, I forgive you. He said, when, when Jesus was nailed, I wiped it away. I look at you, and anytime you pray, I don't see all those things you remember I see my son. Listen, I'm just going to, you're going to have to give me two more minutes. God is eternal. And everybody understands that, but we don't. Why could the Bible say the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world? That's a scripture, by the way. Before there was, Jesus stepped out and said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit made light. Before that came and they executed the will of the father. Because I know you probably think God the Father created everything, but you need to read John 1. All things were made by Him, Christ, and for Him. So God the Father had the plan, and Jesus was the spoken word of the Father and said, let there be light. And the Holy Spirit are the hands and the mother heart of God who made it happen. So before He ever decided to form the world, He knew you were going to fail. 
He knew Adam was going to fail. And Jesus had to consciously make the decision before it ever all happened to go. You can't miss that. See, we're in the Bible Belt and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, he decided to go. He, we have never even comprehended. The Bible says it hasn't even entered into your mind or your imagination what heaven's going to be. Number one, because you can't fathom God. And he left God. So God is eternal. So he sees the beginning of time like this. He sees the crucifixion like this. He sees the end like this. He doesn't see it in a timeline. We live he sees it all at the same time. So every time you go to God and say, please forgive me, he sees Jesus Christ hanging on that cross and he remembers it and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and he's been touched with the feelings of our infirmary. Back to why I said, he said, God, why have you forsaken me? He understood the human side that sometimes we feel like God is a million miles away. And he went through all of that just so that we could be close to him. We can, as Peter said, draw near to him by the blood of Jesus Christ. We were singing that song tonight. Oh, the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the reason I'm alive. For his blood has set me free. It will never because it's always going to be lose its power for me. And then hallelujah, hallelujah. What? Christ is my victory. Yes. I'm alive. Yes. I'm alive. Yes. And the biggest fear that any preacher has is that people are so gospel hardened that the message hits and falls on the wayside. There's more, church. There's more. You can draw near because of the cross. I mean, you can get close, close to God as you want to. Starting now, you can get close to Him because you can come boldly to the throne of grace because of the cross. I was listening to a preacher one time say that he preached on the crucifixion and he said he saw the audience yawning and dozing off and he said he just decided to do something mean he started talking about this puppy and he talked about this little puppy and this little three year old boy that had his little favorite puppy and he went everywhere with that puppy and him and that puppy became so close and him and that puppy, he named that puppy. He took care of that puppy. And he said, and then one day that puppy got away from him and got hit by a car. And he said, I looked across the audience and tears were flowing down people's face over a puppy. Rather than the Lamb of God who was nailed to the tree, there is no better than Jesus. Jesus. 